got a famous rugby league surname, but Jack Johns wants to make a name for his own as a South Sydney Rabbitoh. Jack, thanks so much uh, for your time. How have you found isolation so far? Not too bad. We're, we're all right here at the Johns household. Cooper's back from Melbourne, so I've spent plenty of time with him now. Probably the most time we've spent since he finished high school, so that's a, that's a bit of a plus. But um, yeah, you know, it's a bit, a bit of a weird dynamic at the moment, training from home and like sort of training in small groups and by yourself. So yeah, it's, it's not too, I'm not hating it, but it's, um, I, I definitely can't wait to get back into the team environment. You spoke about Cooper being home. How long has it been since the four of you have been at home under the one roof for so long? Yeah, it's been, oh, well, every now and then, like, you know, when you have the your off season, Coops usually comes back, but because he's a bit of a social cat, he, um, he's never really home. So it, it's actually kind of nice because he actually, he just gets stuck in the house. So that's probably the best part, but we haven't probably since 2016, all four of us have been in the house because I was working down the road. Coop was still at school and mum and dad, yeah, were in Coleroy. So yeah, it was pretty, um, it's been a while. Are you getting on each other's nerves yet? Yeah, there's been a lot of blues. Eh? There's, um, everyone's, everyone's fought each other at least four, four or five times. And what about training though? I guess the benefit is I've been speaking to a fair few players and if they're training, on their own each and every day, whether it's, you know, trying to do a little bit of ball work or gym work or whatever, they're doing it on their own, but you've got Cooper to lean on. So does that help with the motivation levels? Yeah, it does actually, because he can be a bit lazy because he's a pretty good trainer. So he doesn't like to, um, he doesn't like to do too much, too much off the field. So um, it's actually pretty good to try and kick him, kick him up the ass a bit and get him going. But he's, um, yeah, it definitely helps having him here. It'd be a lot harder just training by yourself all the time. But um it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. It's we had Bailey Sirenin popped around a couple of weeks ago by himself, and before all this lockdown sort of style stuff kicked in, and that was probably the that was probably one of the better parts of um, you know training having having someone different come around. It's a bit like that. Like it's a bit weird isolation having a different face come around. You almost like you get a bit of a, a bit of a kick out of it. It's pretty funny, but you know it it's not too bad. Like um, we get down in the park and push each other pretty hard. So. Yeah, it's good. What about your old man, Matty? Does he get down there and um, get him, you know, like train with you guys, or does he just le- leave you to your own devices? He used to when we were younger, but the, the knees are um, the knees are no good anymore. He's they're basically bone on bone. He's needed to have a knee replacement for nearly a decade now. So he, um, no, nah, he doesn't get down. He just sort of watches, but um, he hasn't been getting down. There. He sort of lets us run our own race a bit. It's always been a bit like that. So Tell um, our viewers a little bit about your rugby league journey. So uh, where you grew up, who you played for, uh, and yeah. uh, how you ended up at Souths. Well, I, um, I grew up in Northern Beaches. And then when I finished, I was playing SG Ball with Manly in my year 12 year for a little bit. Played about half the season. And then um, then I played a bit of, did a bit of pre-season with the 20s there. And then I was cut from that. And then I just started working at the bar down the road at Coleroy. And then... Um, I was working New Year's. I was working New Year's night and uh, ran into Craig Gower, and uh, Gowie was starting up a team with Scotty Petherbridge down at the uh, Seagulls, down on the beaches there. And um, they asked me if I wanted to have a crack and play, so I ended up playing there and playing a bit of fullback, bit of five eight throughout the year. And then about mid year in the City Shield, and then about mid year I got a call from Alex McKinnon, and Alex said if I, at the end of the year if I wanted a trial with the um, Knights twenties, because um, I was I think I was yeah I was eighteen at that point. Trolled the Knights 20s and I saw, yeah, I saw, you know, give it a crack and I went up there and uh, moved up there with, um, lived with three girls, which was different. Um, lived with my godmother and her two daughters, which was a very big change for me. But um, 
it was good. I loved it actually moving up to Newcastle and I spent two years up there, played the twenties, played a bit of cut. And then by, by the time I sort of hit that full time stage, it was a bit like there probably wasn't that much opportunity up there for me. And I was <clears throat> a bit caught between positions a bit, you know, um, between five, eight and back row. And I knew, I knew eventually I was going to try and get into the back row. And then the opportunity at South popped up about mid year. And then, um, I sort of looked at pursuing that towards the end of 2018. And then, um, yeah, it's been great. I've enjoyed my time at South. It's been unreal. Um, it's uh, been nice moving back to Sydney for a little bit. Um, and, I've, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I've, the change to the back row, I've, I think it's really, like, made me enjoy my football a bit more. You know, there's a lot of stress in the halves, you know, worrying about other people, making sure everyone gets the ball in their hands and, you know, a bit of expectation as well. But I, I really do enjoy the back row. It's a, it's a fun position. You mentioned Craig Gower. Uh, how did that conversation go down on New Year's? Yeah, it was, there was a bit of... Um, I think I finished my shift at about 12 o'clock and I think um, I rocked back and saw him at, I think it was, I think it was at Greg Alexander's place and I walked in there and it was a bit of a, it was a, it was a good vibe, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did, I mean, if you didn't take that opportunity and I, I know at that stage, you know, it wasn't the most or the highest level of footy, but if you didn't do that, do you wonder that you might not be in an NRL system now? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. If I, yeah, I, I sort of look back on the, like I'm, this is my first year full-time with South and it's about five years in the making to be just full-time. So I've just, I've really worked hard to be where I'm at. And um, I do look back at that. I, I think back because I remember, even, I even remember where my mates were that night. They were in Neutral Bay getting on the, uh, getting on the beers and I was working because I just started a new job and, you know, they make it. Your dad and your uncle, um, two of the most famous players and, and um, highly regarded up there. Did you feel that connection as a Knights player, though, when you ran out for the first time, though, given you grew up in, the, you know, in Sydney on the Northern Beaches and not in Newcastle yeah. like they did? I was born in Newcastle and I still got mates up there, blokes that Dad and Joey play with, their sons that I grew up with and all that, and all that you know, all that connection. I, I did love it up at Newcastle. Uh, I had a really good time with a few lads, made some mates for life, to be honest. But um, it was, yeah, it's unreal. Um, I, think, I think a lot of it helped. I had Toddy Lowry as a coach up there. Toddy, Toddy was a really relaxed sort of fella too, and he always offered. Like he knew I, I didn't grow up, and like a lot of people thought that I, you know, was a Newcastle like born and bred. But I was I was born there, but I mainly grew up in Sydney, and he sort of knew that. So he always gave me a text every now and then to see if everything was travelling good when I was living up there. So um, I was working up there in the Commonwealth, Ho Commonwealth Hotel, on um, <laughs> up the road from Sports Ground Number Two. So it, um, every now and then there'd, there'd be a few coaches pop in and say good day. So. It was, it was a good vibe up there because it's, it's a close town, it's a close community. Um, everyone knows each other. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really, um, it's a great place to live. What about the comparisons? The, the, they were always going to come. Um, but, you know, when you ran out there for the nights and everyone's like, oh, you know, that's Maddie's son or that's Joey's nephew. Like, how did you deal with that? Because it was all out of your control and you were still so young. Yeah, oh, I, I think me and Cooper have sort of just grown up with that. Like, I know, like, Dad was an ex-player, but he's always been in the media since we can remember. You know, he's, we've always had that, you know what I mean? Like, at school, like, all my mates have a laugh now when people do come up and say that if we go out or get, get on the beers or whatever, because they all just, they, all my mates have always just sort of grown up with it as well. So it's sort of always been a bit like that, and it's, it sort of goes straight over our head a bit. We don't really mind it too much, you know, it is what it is. A lot of people would find that hard to deal with, but is it just the fact that you are used to it? Like, does it ever, has it ever, has it ever got to you, like, in your playing Not really? Career? I've been, I've been, me and Cooper were talking about the other day on the podcast, we've been 
absolutely hammered sometimes in games by fans. And, you know, when you have a bad game, everyone has a bad game. But, you know, even if you're having a good game, you get sprayed by someone, whether it's a player or a spectator. But we've just grown up with it. We sort of... Um, we don't, I wouldn't say we feed off it. We just sort of, I think just blood goes straight over ahead of it. You know, we just sort of go, oh, it is what it is. Like, you know, it doesn't really bother us at all, to be honest. Do, do either Joey or Matty give you advice? And if so, who gives the better advice? Um, because your dad would say he's still the better player in the family, right? <laughs> well, I'd go, I'd go the old man simply because I'm with him more often. And, I'll, and if I'm going to have a chat with someone, he'll first, first call me dad, but... Yeah, Joey's always good for a chat. He called me in Coop last night, actually. He's up at Newcastle at the moment. He, you know, he was, he's always telling us, you know, little tips. And we've, we've done plenty of sessions with him and Joey. So um, they're both pretty good. I think, I think, I think the, <laughs> what would be unreal for a club would be probably get them together at some stage and try and get them to work together. But I think, I think they're a bit too much of a um, different combination. They wouldn't get along very quickly. <laughs> I mean, but as a playmaker, though, you couldn't do much better than having, you know, the two yeah. Johns brothers teaching you how to do your trade. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never really, I don't know, it, it, was, it was always hard for me because I was always a bit bigger, a bit big for a half. So some of the, the movements and stuff you'd learn off Dad and Joe sometimes wouldn't apply to me as much like Cooper would always sort of get it a bit quicker just because I think he was just a bit lighter on his feet you know like I'd a lot of the times the first thing the first rule they always taught to me was just to run first look to run first because always did have that bigger frame that it sort of I was sort of looking to pass too much whereas they sort of always taught me because I had that bigger frame sort of looked to always run it for run first uh speaking of your dad i'm a massive fan uh, obviously he's a genius when it comes to the footy side of things and he's so well respected but he's also a little loose which we all love about him as well uh what's it like to get an insight into what's going on between his ears do you even know what's going on most days he's good he he, he can he can put it on a little bit but he's 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 good he's good fun actually he's many many people have loved it Donna. that's always been a character and um yeah, me and Cooper have always loved it. Cooper, Cooper especially. Cooper's a bit of a character himself. So, um, see, Dad and Cooper are probably the more similar ones in personality because they, um, they don't mind a few zingers with each other. But um, it's pretty good. It, it's, a great, it's been a great way to, you know, grow up. And, and what do you remember from the glory days? Oh, I mean, you were really young. Um, but, you know, when you were growing up, um, and he always tells stories about, you know, getting people over to the house and that. Does, does anything stick out where you're like, oh, you know, that's so-and-so or that's so-and-so in my house? Well, a lot of them, are, there's a fair few that I wouldn't be able to say. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's ones that probably stick out. Um, folks like Cooper Cronk, Cam Munster, Billy Slater, um, you know, all Mitch, Mitch Moses, uh, some of the Tigers. But there's been, over the years, like even... Earlier on, when Dad was still probably at nine, he, he was some of the uh, the young Penrith boys, some of the young men, uh, manly boys. You know, it's a small it's a small world rugby league. Like, yeah, everyone seemed to know each other in some capacity. And not a not a bad childhood then, growing up and having all those kind of players drop in. I still remember when we were younger, and the old man used to say to me, like, I oh, used to say to us when I was at primary school, and used to say, oh, got this young fella coming over, Cooper Cronk's going to stay with us for a bit. And then even then I was like, oh, excited because like, you know, get a foot like a Melbourne player to come over. And now you look at Cooper now and look at what he's done in his career. And it's pretty unbelievable. And I've heard um, your brother Cooper speak about it, you know, like when you, um, you know, those memories of them dropping in and then rocking up and training or, you know, Billy Slater or whatever, and then training alongside you again. It's pretty cool. Like it's every now and then, especially as we got a little bit older, the old man needs someone to run decoys or someone to just, you know, 
run lines for him. So I remember when I was just moved, just moved up to Newcastle and I came back for a weekend and he had the Melbourne boys over and um, I was running back row lines for Billy and Cam Munster and I remember thinking, oh, this isn't half bad. And um, yeah, it was unreal. Like, even just watching what they do, like the way Billy would talk, you know, Billy was so like, loud and everything he did as soon as he got on the field like he's not i wouldn't say he's a loud personality but when you saw him uh, as soon as the ball hit his hands or he was warming up he just switched like just switched something and he it's like his volume level went to a to 20 and he just um yeah it was almost different so like just learning that sort of stuff um those just those little things that those professional players do was always handy to know now you mentioned uh, that you have been on the maddie johns podcast which uh, of course um, through Fox League uh, the last couple of weeks. It's been a bit of fun, but there were a few things that he mentioned on there and I want to know if they're true or not. So firstly, he said, uh, you are his favourite son. Is that true? Oh, I think it's a bit of, bit of salt and pepper there as well. He's always, I think Cooper's always better for a laugh. So he's always just trying to take the piss out of Cooper a bit. And what about, uh, he said he describes himself as uh, husband, father and hero. That's definitely not true. He's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he, yeah, he doesn't mind tooting his own horn a little bit like that. Uh, he said that you boys uh, went up and uh, were still getting autographs at 18 and 19. True or false? Yeah, that's false. That's, a, that's definitely false. There's, that's, not, that's not at one bit true, that. <laughs> um, you said, or oh, you described yourself as uh, the spectator that sits on the outer. Why, why is that? You don't want to get it's caught up to <laughs> I'd say, I'd say a, a few of the South scores are laughing. They say I'm the outgoing one. But in this house, I'm definitely the least outgoing one. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely just because of that. I'm, I'm probably the least outgoing in the family. So when they do start going at it, or start like having a few zingers around the house. I'll always just sit, sit around and watch. Um, and just quickly back on the footy front, uh, I guess you had goals at the start of this year. So before uh, the whole uh, coronavirus um, struck us down, uh, what were your goals? Yeah, uh, my goal this year was, you know, definitely to try. It was to do, um, have, go well in all my trials and then have a great preseason. But as we've gotten past that, I think it sort of developed into uh, my goal was definitely in this year to make my NRL debut. But um, you know, now is that, is, that, you know, is that still the same goal? Like, I mean, how did it, it change? Is, it, is. it just you know, it's you just it's just that uncertainty now of what's going on with the Canterbury Cup season as well as the NRL season. You know, so. Um, yeah, it's a bit up in the air. So the goal's still there and I'm still, you know, that's probably what's motivated me the most to train hard. Um, but, you know, it's definitely, um, definitely weird, weird times and you don't, really, you don't really know how to approach it. But I'm keeping those goals there and um, hopefully the season comes back sooner than later. And, you know, they've, they've got that marked date and hopefully that we can come back at that date. But, yeah, those goals are probably the main reason I'll be training hard over this next month or so. Well, hopefully you're not training in isolation for too much longer and we can see you uh, applying a trade back out there and hopefully make your NRL debut um, later this year. Jack, uh, thanks so much for your time. Uh, good luck uh, with your training and surviving in the John's household over the next couple of weeks. Cheers, Zach. Thanks, mate.